Hello and welcome to watching or listening to episode 18 of the Conquest Quarter podcast. Today's Thursday, July 22nd. And that's right, not Ryan Fox is away. And I'm Jared and joined by Chad O'Sara. I'm, uh, I'm going to be the best Ryan I can be today and uh, am truly embody the not Ryan Fox spirit. He's already concerned about me and you agreeing on everything, sending us questions and, and uh, yeah. make sure to interject in certain certain points of uh, the TWAB and stuff we have in store for you today. You know, usually he says something about subscribing and us subscribing to trick or algorithm and stuff like that. But if you're listening to this, you're in the right place. And thank you for that. So we're on Twitter at DestinyCCPod and then, you know. If you're listening to this, you've already subscribed and followed us at a great place, and thank you for that. So, Chad, take us into the TWAP. All right. First, going to lead off saying that next week is the final week of Souls of Heroes. So if you haven't gotten all your stuff done, your glows and anything, you need any help, you can DM us right away, and we'll help you out with some of that stuff. You know, running a raid with some people, getting that done. Um, you know, trying to get some people some some good stuff, you know, regardless of which raid it is. Um, but try to get those glows done, get them out of the way. If you can running, even running one GM can get all of the champion kills done in one GM, depending on what it is, especially this week too, which we'll get into a little later. Um, but definitely try to get yourself a good compass rose. I'm going to still be trying that. I got to hit up all those, those chests in that EAZ and try to get me something good out of that. Yeah, I was sure hoping for Bungie to uh, the buff the drop rate of that compass rose on a on the you know surprise reset. Hey, we're we're buffing that, but still hasn't happened yet. And uh, those are few and far between. And I'm uh, still looking for a good PvP and the PVE role in that. And it's getting tired of jumping through those buildings and on the rooftops <laughs> and sword and everything. Oh yeah, I mean, I I definitely I've giving myself a like a three four day break on the eaz for a bit until prism day comes back i haven't checked if it is today um just because yeah, there is a triumph for boss kills um but i have not had any good luck i think i've had like four drop and just not been any good i've kept one just like as a as a wool this is okay <laughs> but you know it's it's i felt the same way with this and glacia chasm there's got to be something they can do to make it either target drops for those guns or or make it a much higher drop rate because it's just it's bad for people that don't play as much as us it's it's it's, i can't even imagine how bad that is like playing half the time that we do you i'm assuming you would get half the amount of guns that i've gotten my luck isn't great but two guns so far out of the whole event that (laughs) it's not I'm talking about just the random drops, not the one that's yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. Well, at least it is an event that's sticking around for four total weeks. So hopefully yeah. people's been able to prioritize a day or so to grind out some of those key mm-hmm. fragments and boxes. So another change that uh, Bungie's making for the trans box system that everybody knows I hold so dear to my heart, um, but taking away the cis trans, you know, uh, that is basically the stuff that, when you're killing enemies anywhere and it's, it's automatically coming to you in order to buy the bounties to do, to get the synth weave, correct? From uh, the turn in. Yep. 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 So instead of costing like the 150 cents strand that it used to be, it's going to be now just 10,000 glimmer. 
Yep, they're getting rid of that uh, that time gate, that artificial one that they put on it, or which is great. That's I think that was the biggest complaint besides the whole you know Jared's whole complaint on the system. <laughs> but the, it's basically you have to play for for three minutes just for one, and then you have to get 150 just to get a bounty and then complete it. it so being able to you could literally just start the season off and smash ten of them out with your main character and then be done with it. Because I doubt everyone's going to be doing 10, 10, and 10 because they want all, everything unlocked on all their characters that they like. I, people prioritize. Like, look at look at us. Um, like, Ryan in particular, he has not... I don't think he's even bought a single Titan anything with silver. And that's surprising. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he throws that stuff around like it's, it's going out of style. But, like, he... He doesn't. He just refuses. He buys the Hunter stuff and he buys the Warlock stuff, of course, every time, every event. But he doesn't touch the Titan stuff. So I think most people are going to be like that, where they're going to have their favorite and then their second favorite and then the third's going to fall off. Yeah, he really likes his robes and Hunter Cloak is the closest thing he can get to it. So that's yep. what he you know, spends his transmog on. And, you know, I th- there was a lot of complaints for this and this is definitely pretty much hitting the nail on the head for, I think, for some of the communities really going to enjoy another thing that uh bungie is redoing is uh the bungie store and that is you know you gotta go on to bungie.net log in then go to the store part log in there and then connect those two accounts and then by doing that you got to reset a password here or there but you're going to get a new emblem that's in game and uh, it's just a pretty cool looking emblem it's like the bungie fist holding the the arc bolt going through um i definitely gonna try to do it but you gotta make sure you do this uh before august 6th i think yes so make sure you get that done if you want your free emblem so i don't know a lot of collectors out there just want every em- emblem possible oh man i did it i did it yesterday i i saw like i was just lying around watching some some YouTubes and I'm like, I had my computer on, I was ready to go do some stuff and I'm like watching a cheese forever video and he's like, I'm like, oh shoot, you can get a free emblem? And I just did it <laughs> then and there without really realizing what was going on. And halfway through, I'm like, this is a bungee store thing. I'm like, oh yeah, they said they were going to do that. Um, but it's not, it's obviously not automatic. They will send the emails out whenever. I obviously haven't gotten it. Um, but it is a cool emblem and it's something easy to do if you've already been somebody that buys stuff from the Bungie store, whether it's raid jackets or just any of their multitude of items, whether it's clothing or books or what have you. Um, It's easy to do. And it's just one way to link up their stuff to make their reward system easier so that you have on the, like the Bungie.net profile is going to be just emblems. And then the Bungie rewards is going to be all their, their unlockable pins, jackets and clothing and stuff. So you don't ha- you can go to the store for the clothing and stuff and then you go to the the website for the emblems and, and digital things so it's it, it's a little bit easier because it would be where you go to your bungee.net and then you'd click on like get my code to go to the store to redeem it for the jacket and this one is just click click and then you're already just picking your size and you're good to go um, yeah. So that's going to be nice. This is the death of the code giveaways, the the emblem giveaways, you know, stuff like that. Like people getting a raid jacket code and giving that code away. There's no more. Oh, no I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Shoot. That's a, that's a big change, you know? Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, but you know, if if you have a couple of buddies in your clan that somebody wants one, you can easily just log in, use Venmo, and send it back and forth, and put their address in to ship it to them. You know, there'll be a yeah. couple of ways around it to help out the people probably close to you. But there's a lot of that stuff that's going away now that people have come accustomed to for a long time with Destiny. Mm-hmm. So another big change next season, season 15's change to Nightfall Rewards. And, you know, I think us as a PvE podcast is one of the things we look forward most to. And they're going to change up the way the Nightfall weapons drop on a weekly basis. So right now, the little fix they put in halfway through the season, we do a 1-1-1-3 weapon rotation per week. So the ones are the ones that just come out this season, and the three is the ones from the previous season. But next season, we're changing that. Next season, we're going to have a 2-2-2-2 rotation. So every four-week rotation, there's going to be two weapons that drop per that week. And they gave us two names of two weapons that's actually coming next season, Chad. Oh, yeah. They told us the Comedian and the Hothead. Um now the comedian, I, I played with it. I didn't really use it too much. I always remembered it just because of the uh, the flavor text on it, which is just ha 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 ha. And I, I thought it was great. It's just something dumb and great. But then I saw Hothead, and I'm like, I that name sounds so familiar. I, it in my head it looked like like Dragon's Breath. So I looked it up again just to be sure, and I was like, yeah, that's right. It's just the legendary Dragon's Breath. But I don't remember ever really using it. I remember unlocking it and then maybe using it and then putting it in the vault after that because I don't think rockets were in the best place at the time. So I don't I don't remember if it has like the grenade dropping effect that Dragon's Breath did to make it kind of unique of a legendary rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it could roll tripod, which was good. Oh, yeah. um, and tracking. So you could do tracking tripod on a rocket, which is good. But I, the, nothing about it really stood out to me. And then the, the comedian either. I mean, the, the archetype that it was, you could, if you were zoomed in, you had a little bit more range on other shotguns. So you were able to get the shot if you're fast enough over other people that were shotgun aping on you. Um, but it it wasn't one that I really, I mean, Matador and Party Crasher were my two shotguns if I was running shotguns. Um, yeah. I was a big fusion fusion junkie a vooper so it's i remember the two guns but i don't i didn't really use them did you uh no not at all i definitely didn't do that quest for that rocket launcher either um to do some quick research if they keep the frame basically the way it was coming from d1 it's going to be a precision frame pellet shotgun so those look to be the meta right now between those and the lightweight and then Shotguns are probably pretty well balanced right now. Best they ever been. There's probably room for each each uh, f- uh, frame type to to shine. But they also say they say example here. So like the comedian will be dropping with a shatter price to say for instance that's week one, and then week two is the hothead with the hung jury. Does this make? Does this? Are they saying that we're getting four totally new weapons next season? I. No, because it's okay. So right now we have a three one week, so one one one, and then a three yeah. week. So we have six guns currently, yeah. and it's moving to a two 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 two, which is going to be eight. So we're only getting two guns next season. Um, 
but like you said, they did keep it kind of vague, but it's probably because they're just going to be like the, the third week's going to be Uzume plug. And then the fourth week is going to be swarm and, and, uh, palindrome. Gosh, palindrome. Okay. Um, they just gave the two examples cause those are like two guns. So those are the ones that are important. Yeah. That just um, made me feel like that hung jury just came back this season. That's mm-hmm. going to consider that an older weapon. Yeah. But if it's eight total, then okay. Yeah. I got you super know, excited um, there for a minute. There's there's a note here from Papa Fox and uh he he's he's asking if does Bungie put old Destiny 1 weapons in a randomizer and whatever pops out is what they bring back. Um now my my main thought on it was there's two that they're bringing back, obviously, Comedian Hothead. Now they are a Crucible Quest weapon and then a Vanguard shotgun. Um and Unlike the last seasons where they brought back three, they're only bringing back two. And those are the two main, like Gambit didn't exist. So there were only two different things you could do in the game at the time. So I think they're, they're bringing, they chose to bring back two and they're choosing to bring back a Vanguard gun and a Crucible gun. Um, now the Crucible one does have some importance because it was a, uh, a quest weapon. Um, the Comedian, I don't know. They, they, there's a lot of Vanguard guns they could have brought back, but I don't think... We don't have a shotgun, right? In the rotation? No, we, we got, have not. We no. have hand cannon, scout, auto rifle, yep. sniper, machine gun, fusion. So they needed to bring back a shotgun and a rocket. And then a pulse is the only other one that they haven't done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's, that'd be nice for them to, to round that out for the, uh, you know, the many adept weapons where we're basically going to be coming into mm-hmm. next season. Um, you know, you never know what they do with trials, and, but who cares about yeah. that? Um, you know, Fox has a couple more notes for us here, and um, one of them is like he wonders what perks not typically seen on this archetype means. Yeah, that's I was going to talk about that too. Um, I was curious because, like you're saying, if if the comedian is a precision frame, if they add perks that are not typically on precision frames, like something that would give it more range. Or something that gives it a little bit of extra oomph, even though it is a precision shot, um, it could really shake up the archetype there because yeah. of that. And the same thing with the rocket. If they add something to it that isn't like, look at what happened when they added impulse amplifier and lasting impressions to rockets. Yep, it's crazy. People like I grinded out to try to get each flavor for, with that exact roll on all those rockets because they're good. It's not like it's a gun that I want because it's, you know, I just want it because I don't have it, but it's, it's an actually a good option for some stuff. Um, You know, we haven't had two damage increasing perks on a shotgun before that. So like we never had a trench barrel Vorpal roll on a shotgun and that would be awesome to have. And me personally, I think shotguns need that in PVE because they Mm -hmm. are not in a good place uh, for the most part. Yeah, the only thing that's close to that is the slugs. A slug yeah. headshot on a on a on a big yellow bar it does a lot of lot of damage. Yep. But that's about it. Um, I, I think never... yeah, that would be crazy. That that would feel almost like OG um, Ecolos shotgun. Yeah. Back in the day when yep. you could void tractor cannon it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, oh, the stop mechanic you could bypass it by with the quick melee. Yeah, stay there to to re to re up the trench barrel, <laughs> oh, staying man, in the lunar faction. That'd well. be rad. Yep. Wow. That was a, that was a very fun time. 
Um, Could you imagine if they created a perk synergy for for one two punch also? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, like a one two punch vorpal or one two punch trench barrel. That that the the, the problem with the vorpal on the one two is you're using it for punching. You're shooting with it, which is yeah, you're doing a little damage with it, but. If they created like a quick sop so you could do a two four punch easier, it'd be uh, fun. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I miss triple shotties. <laughs> well, you can still do it, but I know, yeah. Yeah. Um, also next week is gonna be double nightfall nightfall rewards, but the weapon rotation next week is the three old ones, Paladrome, Swarm, and um uh, Shadow Price. Shadow Price. So why are they doing it double wards on a week like that? I think it's it's kind of a catch up mechanic. It feels like for the people that didn't get the chance to play a lot of uh, uh, GMs or masters last season, um, it lets them get some guns. You know, some guns that they don't have rolls on yet, whether that be adept or not. Um, and it, it lets people just hang out and 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 grind out just stuff, more stuff. Now, they should make it where like the last couple of weeks where every gun is rotating in is just double, no matter what. So like the last, since it's on a four-week rotation, the last four weeks of the season should have double Nightfall rewards regardless. That would be the best thing to do because that would get okay. all of your PvE players in there way more, especially on weeks with like with, with all these guns that they want. You're going to get more of more players actually playing. Yeah, to me, I don't like this change. And, you know, Fox messages saying that he's on a record with this change. They go into the 2222 method. And I am not for this. This is catering to the people that didn't play before, to the casuals, to the, the people that put, didn't put in time for the previous seasons. And there were, and the people that's crying about FOMO. This is for them. And I am not a fan of that. I think if you wasn't around for that time, you should wait till it comes back around. And if you have decreased RNG chances for that one week, so what? Have the three weapons in for that week. You know, I want better chances at getting the new stuff, not mixed in with weapons I already have. So that's yeah. the, that's the reason I don't like it because now it's a less chance of me getting the new Nightfall weapons. Yeah, knowing my luck, I'm going to be getting a lot of the old stuff that I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> and just not getting any of the new guns at all. Um oh man. Yeah, I mean like this week when we, we was running Warden of Nothing and the first two times I ran it, I didn't get a weapon to drop at all. So like now we could be running it and out of five runs I only get two or three of the old weapons to drop. I don't even get the new one. So that's gonna be very frustrating whenever whenever that happens. Yeah, you're basically going to have to actually grind it out like a bunch of them just to hope you get a couple of drops and hoping a couple of those drops is the one you want. Um, I mean, not saying that they're all there's a couple of they're bad guns. Um, I mean, there's a couple that we obviously prefer and it changes per person. Um, Mm -hmm. No, I'm I'm obviously if you listen to the listen and or watch the podcast, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of my big boy here and, and yep. Papa Fox. Um, but it's it's one of those things that it does suck because my RNG is awful. It's god awful. Yeah. 
And we don't know if it's going to be where it's like it's like this this next week where it's going to be a chance of getting one of the three. What if it's like every time you get a drop, you get both? I don't know. More than likely, it's not. It's going to be a chance at getting one of the two. And for lots of people, that RNG is not on their side. Some people like like Ryan. It is. It's on his side. And it's on his side on usually the guns that he doesn't really care about, but he gets it and he's like, yeah, this is a good gun. <laughs> yeah. um, There's I mean, definitely some like, things they can do to curb that. So like right now in Photoglass, if you do the, when you do the five challenges, that's when you unlock the found verdict time loss version. So what if they tie the triumph to completing, you know, when you complete the Grandmasters next season, you're guaranteed six total adept weapons. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you could do two, two, and two. You know, I mean, well, whatever this is, the hothead and the comedian. If it's the only two we're getting, then you get three of each. Whenever you claim all the triumphs for the grandmasters, okay. I think that's a good way to maybe to curb that. I don't know if they'll give that to us because I think they should, but I think that would be a great addition. Yeah, give like three guaranteed drops of the actual guns of the season. That'd be neat, um, as long as they're random. Yeah. And then it'd be, yeah, and then it makes sense kind of because like the, the drop in Vogue is ran as a random adept drop. Um I mean it definitely it's it's gonna be hard to do because they can't just keep extending it, like adding like making it a two two or like a making it a one one three three and then back to one one three three because then if they keep doing that they're just gonna it, it's gonna get bigger and bigger yeah. every every season. And while that I would be like okay with that at the beginning, it's going to end up because there's going to be like four weeks of guns that are old, and then you're going to get back to the weeks in a row where the guns are what you want, and then they're going to have to start rotating things out because then the season's over. So they're going to have to do something. Man, imagine getting an adept engram that you could take to the Zavala. And turn it in that you can get the pick between the two weapons that is okay. dropping that week. You're you're reminding me of Arms Day back in D1. Yep. Remember you'd pick up a, like a like a blueprint of the gun you want, and then you just wait till it has a drop, like the the roll you want. Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss it. Yep. Because you do your little quest, do your thing, pick it up, and then just sit there and wait on it. That'd you be know, nice. Arms Days be be great to bring back. Um, you know, out of your neck of the woods. Chad, you know, the state of California has uh, issued a lawsuit against a big gaming industry that uh, Bungie used to be associated with. Yep. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, lots some, of uh, lots of harassment going on at Activision Blizzard right now, and yeah. it's not good. Yeah, you read some of that stuff, and it's hard to believe that's still going on today at a workplace, let alone at all. Like, uh, it's just we need to get that stuff, you know, um, especially out of, work, out of the workplace. And it's not how we should be treating, treating one another, especially females at all. And if you want to read about some of that stuff, go look for it. But it's, uh, it's pretty saddening to hear a lot of that stuff. And, you know, Bungie has done a good job going forward. They, they do a lot of fundraising for, you know, for minorities, for LGBTQ, for females, like they do a good job of promoting promoting that and trying to make a safe workplace. Yeah, they they do a, a great job at making sure that their 
their workplace is one of of inclusiveness and that everyone is created equal and and everyone has a fair shot at anything that they want to do no matter who who they are no matter where they're from and that's that's just and just how it should be and they definitely they released a statement on on how they feel about this and 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 what they do to try to combat this in their own place of business um mainly because activision was was their their partner until recently and so that's something that they had to they had to say hey look this activision was doing this we haven't been with them for a while but we wanted to say that this isn't how we run a business and we were hoping that you know other people weren't doing this but it's sad to hear that it's still going on um and it's you know it's it's just tough to read <laughs> it's, it absolutely is but you know it's it's great that bungie bungie's always doing fundraisers and and talking about all their people and and caring about them and it's it's that's a good thing to read i i like always yeah. seeing those posts and and hearing about that yeah, sounds like a great place to work. So hit me up, Bungie. I'll, I'll come work for you. <laughs> yeah, um, so also this week, uh, Vault of Glass Hard Mode it has a challenge, and it's called and it's uh, Wait for It, which uh, we haven't been able to get into the hard mode yet, but we have completed this challenge. And this is uh, you got to wait for the wyverns to start sacrificing before you kill them, and a lot of stuff can go wrong during that. And you need some high DPS supers, and so. For for the most of us, a lot of us are running like a Chaos Reach or a Falling Star Titan. Yep in the in the normal mode, you could plink with an Anarchy and it would take him to half, just under half. So you would one person would just sit there, hit him with an Anarchy, and just wait. And then right when the sacrifice starts, you hit that Chaos Reach, you hit that Thunder Crash, whatever super you got that can do that instant burn damage, and then you just kind of trade supers that way. Um, but in the hard mode, got to be a lot more careful. There's a lot more ads that can pick you off mid chaos reach. A lot of ads that can pick you off before you activate that thunder crash. And if you don't, if your other, if your ally on your side already used their super and that wyvern starts sacrificing and you're dead, it's going to be a bad situation and it's going to be, it's either going to be a wipe or it's going to be super close (laughs) and it's going to be stressful for everybody. Um, but while we still got anarchy, use it. It's yep. definitely a good one. I haven't tested in the hard mode how many anarchies you can plank onto a wyvern before it dies. Uh, I um, went through a few Reddit posts about it, and if you are below, if you're thirteen forty or below, you can put two on. But if you're okay. like thirteen forty one plus, you can only put one. Gotcha. So it still does around half ish, but you got to yeah. survive that time. Yep. Okay. You yeah. know, and then also with hard mode, you got the addition of anti-barrier champions that's coming on the left and right mm-hmm. side. So yeah, you have to do some uh, good communication with your teammates, and you know, not everybody's running an overload because guess what? You have those champions too. Yep. So you have anti-barrier hops, overload, minotaurs, and wyverns. It is a nightmare. It is very tough. But luckily, this is the first encounter of the raid. So just get that spiral formed and uh, go get this challenge done quickly to uh, get yourself a vision of confluence. That's the time lost version. Oh yeah. And that big, nice uh, time lost version comes with Zim moment and full auto trigger, which was the destiny one world, correct? 
It was, yeah. Full auto Zen moment. I remember that. I used it all the time. Um, now for for Confluence, I'm I like it more for PV. I haven't. I'm still trying to get into scouts for PvP, but for the PVE role anyway, we're we're trying to look for a uh, a small bore armor piercing rounds rewind and then frenzy or firefly. Either one of those, whichever one you like more, is going to be going to be it for you. Frenzy is easy to proc. You don't even need to use the gun to use it. As long as you're in combat, it'll proc on any of your guns that has it. So it's a fun one to have and it's easy to use. Like we found out on the SMG last season, it shreds some people and while it may not shred as much because it's a it's a scout it'll still do a good amount of extra damage um and you don't have to bank on on headshot kills for explosions for it you just do extra damage and that's it just then and there boom and then the rewind rounds just giving you extra shots back automatically it can make your magazine feel huge it's almost like a pseudo overflow from the way i've, I've been using mine it feels like a little, a little bit like an overflow without having to run over ammo, okay. which is yeah. nice. Um, and then for the PvP, what were we looking for, Jared? We're gonna go fluid to barrel just for the extra handling. I think handling in uh, and PvP is one of the the most needed things. And then ricochet rounds, and then tunnel vision, and cloak, and kill clip. You know, kill clip. Once you get that kill, you're also proccing tunnel vision at the same time. Get a crispy three tap to the head and throw out. So. You know, right now, scouts are definitely not the meta in PvP. And, you know, right now, this season, they have anti-barriers, so they are getting some use of PvE. And Bungie's also talked about promising a PvE buff to scout rifles. So definitely looking forward to getting one of these and keeping it in the vault uh, whenever we get that buff. Oh, yeah, definitely excited to see what they're going to do. I mean, there's there's so many changes on the horizon for the guns, for all of them. Um, and it, it makes me so mad that the fusion rifle didn't come back. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's it's. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I know that they have a really hard stance on scouts. They don't want them to be a like the main option for any hard PvE content. And um, I think, Jared, you said, stated this before, but they kind of hit that with bows where you can get that major damage from a long ways away and and scouts just don't feel as good at that range when a bow can. Um so they they do, you know, they do kind of play off of each other there and and make it so that you're not just sitting in a corner way in the distance plinking with a a scout because that damage fall off hits really hard after after a ways when a bow doesn't. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people remember how good Scout Rifles was in Destiny 1, and they're probably never going to be that good again. So it's kind of tough because, you know, they bring back some of these Scout Rifles from D1, and people remember how they used to feel, and they just they fall flat. But we had a Grandmaster this week, Chad, and we was missing yes, we one of our Conquerors to come with us. So we had to pick up one. Wait. We- yeah, we no. picked up. <laughs> we picked up our buddy Shifty, and uh, got into Warden of Nothing, and uh, definitely a challenging Grandmaster that's been around a couple of times now. But unique thing here is that you have all three types of champions. Yep, you have all three types of champions, and I think you have it's. I know there's Void. Yeah, but is it's not all three flavors of shields too, right? No, I think it's just Void shields. I don't I recall seeing anything else. Yeah, no. Um, 
I mean, so yeah, we had to pick up Shifty. Shifty's our our go to number two. Um, he's he's our eyes of tomorrow homeboy, um, <laughs> running that raid for you forever, Shifty. And he he's he's always all up in there and ready to go whenever whenever one of us is out. And yep. we picked him up Tuesday night, um, and. I think so. I was running. Obviously, I was running my my Titan. But for this one, you don't have to be as careful with supers. You don't really need a well. Uh, you don't really need Ursas. There's not a huge amount of damage incoming quickly, as long as you're careful. Um, so you don't really need to hit that Ursas banner and stuff like that. So we 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 went with major one shot DPS supers in order to absolutely demolish that boss room because that boss room is where runs end. they die in that room if you if you're not careful so you want to do whatever you can to to absolutely destroy that boss and so we ran i think it was a titan and then two two warlocks right yeah two uh chaos witches yeah and then i was running the the thunder crash with the falling stars but i was running my regular um anti-barrier night watch with a deafening whisper for the void shields here and there and then anarchy and I, I was obviously running some suppression cells build uh, in order to give us a little bit more breathing room um since we didn't have any freezy boy turrets and since we didn't have any wells i wanted a little bit more more insurance um so that that definitely helped um and the anarchy's always just hit one into an anti-barrier and just sit there and everybody go to town on it um but this one's definitely a go slow um you can still even if you're going slow you can do it in less than 25 minutes and once you get the rhythm of it um it's that that first area there's only one champion so it gives you kind of a feel of it and then for the rest of them they they like spread out the champions really well until you hit that second to last room where they just drop five of you in the same room just bam there's five champions all of a sudden and there's all three types (laughs) yeah that that mind room is uh it's very tricky and uh I say it got us once or twice. And there's a big thing about the order about what you do whenever mm-hmm. that comes up. And, you know, after, after you first take out, you know, those four champions that's fighting each other, then that, that little rocket launcher spawns. And then it's time for bomb a to defuse. And whenever bomb a comes out to defuse, you have a minute to defuse it. So the first thing you do, you don't jump directly on it. When you're looking at the bomb into the right is where an anti-barrier Hobgoblin will spawn with uh, with some other little goblins, and that's enemy number one. Take that out first, and down that same hallway, an unstoppable champion will spawn. So that's priority number two. Take those two champs out first. I, whenever that happened, that was me and Shifty basically doing that, and Chad was taking out the ads that was spawning to the left of A to watch our backs. So that's step one. Step two is the Void Shield Minotaur that's on Bomb C. We did this a couple of times, and we figured out that if you kill that before you go to jump on jump on C, another one will spawn and just teleport on top of you and wipe, wipe you out very quickly. So you will get that to at least half or finishable, and then go defuse B, and then on your way to C, you, kill, you take that Minotaur out as you're jumping on Bomb C, and there's an overload minotaur that will spawn at that point also you want to at least put a couple shots on it because it, it would despawn once you just 
defuse that bomb. And by putting a couple of shots on, you get to keep that platinum ranking, which is the most important thing with going through these grandmasters. Yeah, there's, there's, if you kill it too fast, also another one can spawn in. So those minotaurs, they'd like to come back (laughs) and wreak havoc on you, man. Yeah, that is uh, not a fun mechanic that they can do that. Um, I don't know what Bungie was thinking. It was like, well, they're probably just sitting back. It's like, what what can we do to make these people lose their minds? And and that was it. You know, for me, I was doing the overload hand cannon with Ariana's valve and Hezen Vision's rocket launcher because a lot of time those anti barrier hobgoblins they can they can close up and don't show the crit spot. So that uh, anti barrier Ariana's valve really comes in comes in handy to take those out and then finally get to that boss room and you know with breach and clear and dps supers you plug it a couple of times with anarchy shoot the rocket and dump your supers into it and it's a that's an easy win and you get to uh get to that adept weapon that uzume or a four chad oh yeah um that is the big sister of my Favorite Amalan sniper. Um, but uh do want to say that, that that second, that room right before the boss room is is the toughest part of the fight, as long as you're doing DPS supers like we did. Um, so definitely, if you have to wait for a super to come back right before the boss, do it. Just wait. Wait it out, because you can one-shot the boss and just take your, take your winnings and get out. Um, now, I got, I think I got... Two Irene's, I, I or two, sorry, Uzume's. Irene is, Irene's the other one. Rip. Um, I got one running it last night with some other homies, and then one running it with with uh, Jared and Shifty here. Um, now I didn't get my beloved fluted appended mag triple tap Vorpal PV one that I want. I don't. I th- I got an explosive one though. And then, I, and you know, thinking about it, it's like, well, you can't make war mine cells with that. And I was just like, wait, Jared's like, well, you can just use the Ecolo sniper. It's solar too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. A hundred percent. You're right. Either way, you know, it's just, you don't have to get explosive kills for the, mm-hmm. the war mines to proc. You can just kill things with it and be fine. Um, but yeah, you're definitely looking for that fluted appended mag for that extra, extra magazine size. Mm-hmm with that triple tap Vorpal, you want to be able to triple tap as much as possible to make that magazine feel as big as possible without having to reload. Um, that's definitely the PVE trick on the snipers for sure. Yeah. The, uh, the sniper and, you know, it's really important to get that max size to five with triple tap. That's what makes you end up getting to the, to the seven shots. And then you can make a choice between slapping backup mag on or the, that big ones. So the difference is if you slap backup mag on and you get that magazine up to seven, that means you can do 10 shots without reloading, but you're doing that seven, you're missing out on 7% damage, but you're also creating another shot. So you're just going to make the choice. You know, there's a, a good, you know, common, uh, just either way you could win and, and be very successful. And you're kind of splitting hairs at that point of what you prefer. Now, this sniper can also have a god roll for PvP. And and that's for Edis Fluted, Acarized, Snapshot, and Vorpal. And I got one perk away from getting this god roll. I got 
high impact reserves instead of vorpal but i'm definitely going to use that some pvp and uh you can slap on the adept handling mod to really push out the handling of this sniper which is one of the most important things being able to pull that out and quickly scope in uh this is the weapon with the nightfall weapon i was most excited for this season so i'm gonna try to get some more runs in this week to uh to get some more rolls on this yeah, it's definitely the the Amalan snipers feel great. They feel really crispy, really smooth. Um, so that that's like like Jared said, the handling is definitely important. If you can't do a quick quick draw snapshot on the sniper, get that handling maxed out as much as possible so it can feel as close to that as as, as it can. Um, now I'm I've been kind of dabbling with some some snipers in PvP. Uh, I've been mostly doing some some Izanagi in uh in Gambit and just getting my zooming in and and just hitting people mostly chest shots but a couple of a couple of quick quick scopes headshots here and there feeling like like a badass again uh feeling yeah. getting my Halo 3 days back a little bit here and there <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I was doing it, some it, uh, it override good. last night and I said you uh running some of that Gambit are you getting close to getting that Dredgen times uh. 2 done I, I I'm eleven game wins away, eleven oh, yeah. wins. Yep. Oh, so close. <laughs> you can't get there fast enough, can you? Yeah, I know. All right, um, Chad, teach us a little bit about Mithrax's daughter, Ido. Yeah, we so we talked not really about her. We just kind of mentioned her in passing, um, simply that uh, we because we talked about Shira Ido. And, and a little bit here and there with Misrax and his past with her um, and who she is. She was in, in Awoken, uh, the first right hand of the queen um, and a very, very close confidant and dear friend of Misrax. And so, of course, he, you know, finds his daughter after she was born by a catch and um, and names her Ida um, in remembrance of his his friend, his, his best friend. Um, the first human awoken that actually, you know, shared a life with him and, and didn't treat him like an enemy immediately. Um, now we, this season we were introduced to her. We were introduced to Misrax in, in how they are with the splicers and everything. And the first glance at Ido we got was, was when we went to the, the Elixni quarter and heard a couple of those those little recordings of hers. Um, we found out that she is the scribe of House Light. Um, and a scribe is someone, obviously, that just takes notes of all things that happen to a house. Um, get, gathers the history of the house, of all of its peoples and such. And that includes all of the past history of the Elixni as a race completely. Um, but it's mostly categorized as the main scribe's duty is to to cron- is to take down all things that happen to the Kel and his people in that particular house. Um, and so we learned that there's a, such a thing as a scribe, and we learned that Ida was it. And then through listening to more of her her little ramblings, she she tells us that she is the daughter. So we find out that that's that's his kid. We find out more about the Elixni and who they are as a people, um, finding out about 
um, how on their home planet, ether was in abundance. And so everybody was the size of a cow because that's their natural size is, is a cow size. And, and all these things that are happening, the race war that happened with them, the reason that people, that the, um, the docking happened to the dregs and stuff like that. It's, it's all things that we didn't really think about very much because we didn't, we categorize them as an enemy. And through Ido, the scribe of house light, we humanized more with the elixir and we didn't really know much about Ido, other than the fact that she was named after Mr. X's friend. And so it's, it was really great to have a couple of armor pieces, this, uh, this event, um, especially the, the hunter ones in particular, um, there are some other good stories that I will get into, I think, next week. Um, but this week we're talking about Ido's past and the reason she is the scribe for House Light. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, most, most parents want their children to follow in their footsteps. So seeing that, that Ido was a scribe, I, you know, initially thought that she was also a splicer and that she was just doing both jobs. But... In reading these stories, you you learn a bit more. Um, so on the helmet, it it puts us in the hunter helmet. It puts you into a dream of hers. She's creeping around on all six or four of her arms or two legs, and she's following some kind of murmuring and muttering, and it's it's scary but compelling. And she's she's following, and she. She calls it a thousand voices all muttering to themselves. And she looks around the corner of a massive archway and she sees a circular chamber chamber with a huge civil sigil carved into the floor. And she sees three awoken figures standing at precise intervals around the seal. Um, and suddenly she's in the middle looking around and she sees a void above her spiraling galaxies seeming to fill the room. And she realizes that she isn't breathing. And suddenly, she feels all of a sudden that she's falling in all directions. And she looks down and finds out that the floor is moving away from her. And she feels great fear. She's floating away from the ground. And, and then she wakes up screaming. And Miss Rex comes up to her and says, be calm, be calm. You are Ido. You are in the one true now. You're safe. And he gives her some of his ether to try to calm her nerves. And he says, tell me your journey. And she explains what happened. And, and he nods and says, those are the Techians, advisors to our host. They are like scribes for the Awoken. He sits just contemplating what, what she's talking about and and he says, I know you are frightened, but I'm confident this is a blessing. All great things appear first as monsters. There may be a day when you are seen as a monster, and your blessing is frightening to those who cannot understand it. When that time comes, remember this moment. And she nods, not really understanding fully. but She's wondering, how could a hatchling be a monster? And he continues, I too am sometimes afraid of the Techians. But we must look beyond our fear to find the light. This is courage. Can you show courage? And she nods again. 
And he says, you can, I'm sure of it. The light provides. And then she responds back, the light provides and goes back to sleep. Now we obviously go into the future more. That was her as a hatchling. But we go into a time when he's trying to teach her how to use the gauntlet. Splicer gauntlet. The one that he's gifted us. And it's it's starting with her not really being able to grasp it. And she just looks at her father and he uses it so seamlessly as if it's just an extension of his own self. And whenever she has it, it seems like it's something that's fighting her. Something that's you know, got a mind of its own. And Mr. X looks to her with patience, but she can see that it's starting to break. And he says, no, I don't know. Splicing is not about thinking, it's about feeling. Feel the energy flow from the ground, through your legs, up your torso, and out your arm. His arms wove circular patterns in the air as if gently wafting smoke upwards. The movement of the gauntlet is the continuation of a motion that begins deep in the heart of the planet, where it keeps its light. She sighs, and Mr. X is very intent on, on passing down the, the gauntlet of the Splicer to his daughter. And days go by, three days go by, and there's just no sign of advancement, and they're both getting more and more frustrated and she wants to learn. She wants to live up to her father's skills and and take the take the helm of being the splicer from her father, but she just can't. And she feels like it's rejecting her. And she takes a couple of deep breaths and goes through her mind's eye into the ground, deep into the well of light at the center of the planet. She follows it through her body, and her gauntlet starts to stir to life. And Mr. X says, Yes, just so. Now feel it extend into the gauntlet, from the gauntlet into that shank. Feel its code lying dormant. It is sleeping, waiting for you to wake it. She extends the gauntlet, and a surge of energy shoots forth, sending crackles of electricity rippling across the shank's surface. In her shock, she jerks the gauntlet away and severs the connection. The electricity sparks, and all of a sudden, the shank has smoke coming from it. Now... She didn't need Mr. X to tell her, but she knew that she fried it. And he takes a moment to compose himself because he doesn't want to yell at his daughter. We we know that Mr. X is very forgiving and just all around a good person. And he looks at her and says, this is a good lesson. When one focuses on the metal, the form of the machine and not Mr. X, Kel, she interrupts. This is not, I don't want... And she sits there for a moment, gathering her emotions to control herself so she doesn't say anything rash. And she says, I am not a splicer. I'm certain of it. I know this is a disappointment to you, but the gauntlet has spoken. And she pulls the gauntlet off her hand and holds it out to him. He takes it and says that he's very sorry that she can't follow him. It's a greater thing to know what you are and what you are not. Self-acknowledge is the rarest skill of all, and not commonly found among one you're so young. And she's filled with relief and gratitude for her lesson. So we find out that she had to give up being a Spicer, because it just wasn't in her to do it. Now, whether that's just because of who she is, or if she just couldn't gather that kind of knowledge, everybody's good at their own thing, and she realized it. And she calmly 
tells her father this, and he accepts it. And it's great. So now we know why she isn't a Spicer and that, and that she isn't actually one, for my knowledge, first of all. Um, now, we go and move on to her and Misrax looking, looking upon a guardian, wearing the full armor set, looking resplendent. Armor gleaming with light. And he is in Europa. And they're looking around and, and just see a battlefield of dead Elixni covered in house salvation gear, blood and ether seeping across the ice, freezing. And the Guardian just strolling casually, you know, body to body, looking for ammo, a couple of guns, trying to see what he can find, what he can scavenge. And she watches through and looks through the, the battle through a viewfinder with, with uh, Mr. X atop the ridgeline. And even at the distance, the brutality was hard to miss and she she glanced at miss rex and she's just thinking these were the guardians her father trusts and as if he read her mind she says the guardians are capable of mercy though they seldom show it and well she says then why does the great machine bless them is it not better to be merciful he responds the darkness is coming nearer now than ever before perhaps mercilessness is exactly what the great machine needs. Then we move on and it's Misrax gives a warning to, to Ido that the Tekiuns are not welcoming to outsiders, but she pushes forward and he dis, in this story describes her as the scribe. And she says, even if they refuse, I will get access. That alone has a lifetime's worth of knowledge in their archives. And he says, we don't have time to study this. We need to join the Elixni. They need guidance. And he says, I, she says, I will learn everything I can as quickly as I can. And she shows him a sign of respect. And he pauses. And then he says, I recall a time when you were just a hatchling and the Tekians visited you in the night. You woke up screaming. And she says, I recall it well. To tell the truth, they still frighten me, but we must look beyond our fear to find the light. And he looks upon his daughter and sees just a brightness, an absolute, just a mixture of joy, optimism, and grim determination. And he thinks and she finally found her path to the light. Something that he hoped would be a spicer, but glad that she found it herself. And he said, I am proud to have such a brave scribe as my daughter. And she says, thank you. I am lucky to have such a wise Kel for my father. And then it goes on. And the first line of this next one is just, and all the houses respected their decisions. Yes, Barracks said. It was so agreed by all of Reese. And so it's Barracks talking about the house judgment. He goes on to talk about how um, house judgment wasn't the supreme court of the land, wasn't the major authority of the world. It was simply a respected group of scribes that used their knowledge of elixir kind in order to make rational judgments and decisions for the people. They were not above anyone and they were not below anyone. And he made that very clear to her. She, when she says, so it was the ruling house. 
Obviously, based off of the stories, it sounds like they're in charge. And Varric says, no, the House of Judgment was above and below all other houses. It was both the Kel and the Dreg. Its authority came from its humility. So she she starts thinking that she'd only ever known scribes as political people, power brokers or go-betweens like Variks. But the very idea of scribes as a neutral party dedicated to peace and knowledge is something that excited her. And Variks continues, this is why the old scribes pursued knowledge relentlessly. They sought it from uncommon sources. Their knowledge was overwhelming and unyielding. So when a scribe of house judgment decided, all Elixni respected it. They knew that nothing was left unconsidered. And she nods, and for the first time she imagined peace, not just from aspiration, but as a practice and a vocation. The idea blossomed within her. Now, this is this is all showing how she got so into being a scribe and it's it's really exciting to see and hear more about house judgment we didn't have a lot about them all we knew was that they were kind of a neutral house and now we know that they were more like like judges and juries at the same time um and it's it's cool to see her beginnings um to see that she couldn't live up to what her father did um, she's not perfect. She's not the perfect character. She's flawed as well. But she found her calling, and it's great. It's seeing something that that excites her in, in that way. And she wants to, based on this, she wants to become a true mediator of peace, and and just be be someone that upholds all of it with with rationality and respect to all of her peoples, regardless of who they are. And it's. I, I remember reading these armor pieces and I, I it was cool to see that her beginning started with her making mistakes and and deciding that and making that decision that she's not a spicer. Um, it just gives her a lot of depth and I'm hoping that more stuff comes out about her and that we actually get to meet her at some point. <laughs> hoping yeah. I just want to see her, man. Like I just want to shake her claw and be like, hey, what's up? So she went to the Dreaming City to learn from the Techians then, right? Yes. Yeah. She wanted to learn everything she could. Yeah. But this was, it looked like this was before um, they created House Light. Um, so he was still in kind of a hurry to save as many um, peoples as they could to create the house in the first mm-hmm. place. So as we was running around Europa in the Deepstone Crypt doing stuff, she was at the Dreaming City. Learning all she could. Then we help House Light get out, and she came to. Uh, she came to Earth. Mm-hmm. Help out Mithrax. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. So maybe uh, we get to see more of her. We finally figure out that fifteenth wish. Maybe she has a part to play in that. Ooh, let's hope so. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, let's get to the mailbag. Got a few questions here. If you can make two Destiny characters switch jobs. Who would it be? That's from Tim. Mm. I don't know. You got one? Because I, I I was still thinking about it. I do have one. I, I was, and you know, it's um, it's pretty on brand for me. It's uh, it's Finchurch <laughs> and Drifter. I'll switch their positions. Finchurch and Drifter. Why? Yeah, I I don't want Drifter in the tower anymore. Just get him out. <laughs> yeah, that's is definitely on there. brand. One hundred percent. That's so. 
Oh, I man. think to me, I'm tired of him. So anything I can do where I don't have to interact with him would be be the best. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Um, shoot, I can't, I can't even imagine that. Um, I was I was thinking of who to switch shacks with because I want to hear him doing something. Yeah. Um, like whether that's like him calling out stuff during patrols or him, him yelling at us when we're doing like, uh, uh, gosh, what is it? Um, public events. It just, I want him yelling out more stuff. Maybe, maybe him, um, being the, the strike announcer instead. Yeah. So him and Zavala switch. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, I agree. That was, uh, that's the other one I, I thought about, but I was, I had to get drift out of the tower. So, <laughs> yeah you can't let drifter and shack switch because then drifter would have access to an ahamkara skull no good so what would fox say what what would his answer be first of all he'd say what are you talking about the drifter yeah he's he's my best man yeah so he um, can't stand zavala either right yeah yeah he doesn't like yeah. zavala at all so he'd want him out of the tower first he'd probably thing. switch drifter and zavala then <laughs> i bet he would uh, Put Zavala in the dungeon down there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he might, or he'd get him out of there completely and put him, switch him and uh, and like Shahan, put him somewhere nobody <laughs> goes. Shahan. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, the next question here: If you could pick a god wall to drop for you tomorrow, what would it be? Oh man, I don't even. There's so many guns that I want. I got like I would want my adept plug or okay. glacia chasm, but glacia chasm's not happening, and yeah. so I would want an adept plug to happen when plug week happens again. Um, but I'd want two. I'd want one max range, and then I'd want one max stability, so I can finally do damage testing. Yep. Regardless of what the devs said, and just <laughs> I want to. I I'm more about the feel, man. Mm-hmm. Even if one is is statistically better, I just want to see what feels better to me. Yeah. For me, it's uh, the Praetor's Revenge, the time loss version. Mm-hmm. And I want it to have... Mm, let's see here. I got it built out on Gunsmith for me. I've been dreaming about it. Tac Mag, <laughs> Rewind Rounds, and High Impact Reserves. Okay. And it, it comes with... What was it? It comes with uh, Explosive... It comes with Feed and Frenzy, uh, Firefly, yeah. Firefly, okay. Yeah. So you want that quad god, huh? Yep. <laughs> yep. If oh. I'm picking one, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. I haven't used Praetith in the Crucible yet. Have you Have you gotten a good one that you've used in there yet? You know, Rapid Fire Frames are not what I use anymore in PvP. You know, after the nerf to uh, Sniper Zoom. Yeah. What it does is the diminishing returns that most uh, Rapid Fires have low zoom. So that's why uh, I haven't really played much with it. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, I've, I mean, besides fusions, there's not really any other gun roll that I'd really, besides the ones that I want just for, you know, just so I can have options, like all my, all flavors of rockets and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see, this next question here. If Destiny 2 was brought offline starting tomorrow, what activity are you playing for one last time? And what game are you moving to? Um, man, that's that's a tough one. I think 
I don't want to say a Vault of Glass raid because I know uh, a part of the squad doesn't really like it. Um, so if we could get, and this would be this would be a tough get, mm-hmm. but if we could get a nine man altar of sorrows going okay and just have some fun like we did with escalation protocol yep and uh, and that one that was going with uh season of the not the worthy yeah it was worthy oh, right arrivals no 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 the one with the 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 war mind where we were all on oh the yeah in order to get like that flawless run yeah. with nine people mm-hmm. yeah it's just it'd be so hectic getting a discord of nine people just smashing hive left and right for like two hours it'd be yeah. fun man it'd that be so be much fun. fun getting nine clan people doing that yep all right so for my last activity it's actually going to be the prophecy dungeon i don't Ooh, know what it is yeah. about it but like i I love that dungeon i love the dialogue that you get between eris and mm. you know you know eris uh putting down the drifter you know that's what i think is what makes it my favorite is just that how she she has so much disdain for Drifter that I just side with Ares so much and love her lines going through that. So that's probably why it is for me. Now, what game am I moving on to? Oh, I'd be I'd be in a dark place. I'd be in a really dark place. <laughs> um, I yeah, I I skipped that. I was waiting for you to go. <laughs> so naturally i would be waiting for halo infinite to come out yeah. this fall so i would probably go back to the master chief collection to mm-hmm. uh, play through some of that content yeah we still got to beat reach and halo 2 and all that stuff yeah um but yeah halo reach PV- pvp was was some of my favorite just swat swat in general no matter which halo it is is, is great yeah, I feel a little bit of a cop out going back to a bungee game. So if it wasn't going back to a bungee game, I'd probably go to like Elder Scrolls Online, play with my wife, doing oh, okay, that, or something okay. like that, or you know, something that's not even close to the first person shooter. Because I don't think I could go back to yeah. main to maining a first person shooter that's not a bungee game. That's fair. I mean, like right now, I got a a um, in between Destiny, I got like a practice Pokemon Pearl Nuzlocke going, so I can like get how it works down for myself so that I can, you know, eventually stream it um, and then get it going on the YouTubes too. Um, but, you know, I want to get a run in and mm-hmm. I, I love Pokemon. It's, it's yeah. always been one of those games that I go to in, in, in times of boredom and it's, it's fun. It's the randomness of it's great. It's all over the place. It's stressful. Um, and then there's always a uh, binding of Isaac. It's just yeah. one of those games where you can just play it over and over again because it's different every time. And that game kicks your butt constantly. So if you ever want to feel like you're a loser, that's the game to play. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know that if Fox's last day playing Destiny, he would go play some Gambit. Ooh, yeah. And then he'd go back to the Eververse store and spend the rest of his silver that he had stacked up in game. Yep. He would make us go in there and he would make us ornament up all of our, our reckoning gear. <laughs> and make us play our roles. Yep, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. Well, I'm glad he's here not to defend himself, so we can just make up his answers for him. So <laughs> I know the they're all, I mean, they're all the correct answers. Yeah, me and you would like, agree. That's what he would say. So, like, that's exactly what he would say. Yeah, that's exactly what he would say. <laughs> so this has been a different episode, a fun one. You know, a little bit shorter than uh, than usual. You know, but uh, 
I, I enjoyed it. A time together, Chad. Oh, it's it's always great having time with you, man. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward for Fox to coming back and uh, taking over uh, some of the duties that he normally does that got pushed on over to us that uh, we definitely put off and didn't care much for, for the most part. <laughs> Shh, don't tell him that. <laughs> it's like, wait, when's mom and dad coming home? Oh, I got plenty of time to get those chores done. And then you hear him pull in the driveway. You're like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh man! All of a sudden, you got to vacuum the whole house in ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, Chad, any last regards for, for you? Uh, just you know, get some get some GMs in if you want. DM us. Uh, we're we're happy to carry some people in. This is a really uh, fun one this week. I think to me personally, because it's a little bit more difficult than the regular GM, but not super crazy like like the uh, the chosen one. Um, it's it's yeah. hard enough that it's a good starter one because if you can beat this one, you got a really solid group of people going for the rest of them. Yeah, and there's there's a little bit of cheese in that boss room if you want to, you know, not melt. So you can definitely look those things up and uh, and still have fun. You know, get the loot. That's what we're all there for. All right, thank you. Love you guys. <laughs>